Survivor And when the show ends You really wanna talk about it With like-minded friends It might be hard to find some But don't you shed a tear Check out the Purple Rock Podcast And this is what you'll hear John will make some dumb jokes And he likes to yell and curse And if they're not available The backup hosts are so much worse Spend the whole time being jerks Telling you you're wrong So we got this other jerk To sing you our theme song It's the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast Welcome back to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast Which I say because there is no one just now finding us after 17 seasons of doing this. If you are, it is not too late to turn back now. I'm John, back for that inexplicable 17th time. And this season, I even plan to stick around for a few weeks. My co-host, of course, for old time's sake, is Andy. And tonight, we are talking about Survivor 44, Episode 1. Andy, welcome back. It's been so long. Yeah, let's see if we remember how this goes and like what the rules of Survivor are. There's something about voting people out, but only Uh, sometimes. Yeah, apparently that's an optional procedure now. Yeah, you can also exit the game via near death, from what I hear. Um, Fun. Yeah, I mean, it's a roller coaster of a ride. Um, That's actually true of this podcast as well. Uh, You can get voted out or near death. I mean... Again, 17 seasons in, death is looking pretty attractive. <laughs> it might be the only way out. All right. Tell me what you thought about this premiere. Uh, you know what? I, I don't know if it was good, but I was not bored. And yeah, we had this discussion a lot last week. And when I say we, I mean me and whoever else was on the other side of the line. Maybe it was you. Maybe it wasn't. Um, about like, is it better or worse, if like a, if a season is like, you know, okay, it's not dumb, the players aren't bad, but it's not that interesting. And I don't know where we landed. I still don't know where I land on a full season. But I feel like on an episode-to-episode basis, for what we do, like literally the thing we're doing right now, I'd rather have an episode like this one, which was, you know, full of a lot of stuff to talk about. Well, what are you about yep. yourself? What about you? Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like some big, like... Oppenheimer now and become death vibes, just bodies getting destroyed left and right. Not really my vibe. Um, but as you mentioned though, for podcast purposes, there was a lot of dumb things happening and dumb things are fun to talk about. And you know, also some new things happening, new things also useful to talk about for us podcaster types. So yeah, from that perspective, I very much enjoyed this first episode. I'm optimistic on the front of the, like the injury front in that, uh, like that's how they promoted the season dating back to the finale last year. I think that we might've seen it all. I don't know yep. that this is going to be like co wrong. where like, we're waiting all season for the third evacuee. And you and I had a running bit of like the, the, the weird ways that people might get evacuated for. Uh, unfortunately, neither of us landed eat so much beef that they can't shit. Like oh, we didn't even get that. I was so <laughs> close. If I had one more week, that was my um, next guess. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if everything they were hinting at happened this episode, in which case, like I kind of get why you would say it because like, that's, the first thing people are going to see is a whole world of pain. Uh, but I don't know that that's what the whole entire season's got. I hope not, because we got kind of a season's worth in two hours. So Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm my meter is full on that front. 
I did say I did think that uh, this cast, though, just upon like first impressions, at the very least, I felt like there were some personalities here that were lacking last season. Yeah. And I think also the type of personality or the type of like people. I don't know if there's a distinction between those things I just said. Um Almost seems like in a response to last season, because last season we had a lot of cautious, conservative gameplay, everybody looking for, you know, unanimous votes and being afraid to rock the boat. Not the case this time. So I don't know if what anything anybody was doing was smart, but they certainly seem motivated to do. And I think that would be a good response. Also, I think an improvement from last season is like already by the premiere last year. I was already getting tired of the sob stories. We didn't get any. Now, yes. And that is helpful. Now, if eventually we get to know a few of these people and they have interesting stories and some of their backgrounds uh, contain hard stuff, that's fine. The problem was it was all one note. It was everybody to the point where like they would start to talking. It's like, all right, here it comes. What's happening? You know, yep. their, their dog was run over by their adoptive father, like something like that. So we steered out clear of that. And I think that also helped. So like a lot of the concerns I had last season were not present in this one episode. So from that standpoint, I also like I enjoyed it enough. I I have a theory here. I think it's possible that the production team for this show sought out the opinions that were expressed in the best Survivor podcast they could find. And Almost they were certainly. like, you know what? They make a lot of valid points here. Like we should make... It, not a requirement to get on this show that you have some backstory that we need to include. How about you're just an interesting person? And they were like, oh, that's that's interesting twist. Like, why don't we add that? And like, hey, I don't know. Let's maybe force people to do things, which we'll get to later. <laughs> um, whereas before we gave them the option to do nothing. Instead, let's force them to do something. And it's like, yes. Although... To be clear, asterisk there, in real life, please do not force people to do things. No. Free will is very important. Consent. We're all about that here. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we already have proof that they steal our idea of having a podcast on Survivor. That is uniquely our idea. That yeah. must be where it came from for that. And they're like, oh, my God. Well, you know, these guys are just giving it away for free. Maybe we could you know, get sponsors. Uh, not us, though. We like to keep it pure. That's right. Although I am still tempted. If any um, ball shaving companies want to reach out to me, I would love to hawk your products and talk about my groin. I mean, so great. reach out again, we should note. Because they, they did. For a so time. what we're really looking for is the reach around. Um, <laughs> oh, that first one just didn't seal the deal. I really, all you had to do was talk money with me. It could have been five bucks. And I'd be like, ah, oh, you know what? I got to live my life. I'm going to do I, it. Generally, we pay people to let us talk about our, our genitals. So getting paid for it. <laughs> but that's not true for the, the three newcomers we have this season, by the way. Uh, two oh, of yeah. whom I'm sure are contestants on this season. They will stop listening soon enough. Yep. Uh, if, if they haven't already, because we haven't mentioned their names yet. Um, all right. So speaking of this cast, let's let's talk about them. Because there was an episode... Full of mistakes. I think you can agree with that. Yes. Who do you think made the biggest mistake in this premiere episode? All right. This is going to sound like I'm going out on a massive limb. Mm. Um, the person who went home. That's who I'm going with. Maddie uh, made the biggest mistake by, uh, uh, I would say, a significant margin. And um, it's not that she got voted out. Um, frankly, she got voted out by one person. 
Um, that was that like of all the bad things that she did, that honestly is probably one of the lesser ones. And one of the reasons why I land on her is there's other people we're going to talk about. You might have a different answer. I might let you get to it, but not right away. Um, but a lot of them, we're going to have to speculate on why they did what they did, what the actual result. And, and we will, we'll do that. But with her, I have scoreboard results to show what um, just a significant failure uh, this was for an episode. And it's actually weird for me when I've just been kind of checking a bit of the kind of the, the response that people aren't really nailing on this. Because for me, this was probably possibly the biggest first boot failure since like Zane, like told people to vote for him because what she did is she arranged a big, massive, big time Big moves, blindside of the public idol holder. And the result was three of the people she was getting to vote with her abstained from the process of voting. That is a historic failure on levels unseen. Now, to be fair, in most of Survivor history, people couldn't abstain from voting the way that they were able to do. But like, that was her big plan. We're going to do this. We're going to get this vote. This is it. And three of them be like, nah, you know what? I'm just not going to vote. Or, yeah, and we'll get into the reasons why, but that, that's huge. Like, if, you know, she had done her job, and again, and then he still plays her, his idol, bad luck, right? Some of them, one of, one of them, two of them, maybe even three of them would have been like, yes, you know what? I'm confident in this plan. Let's do this. Two of them were definitely not comp- confident in the plan. One of them seemed rather apathetic to the plan. And as a result... She, from what we saw, was not really in any trouble, went home. Because I th- it kind of felt like, and I'll let you speak on this, her whole plan for dealing with the fact that he had an idol largely seemed to boil down to, yeah, but he's not going to play, play it. Like, I don't think she had any other plan, but he won't. And then they were like, well, what if he does? But he won't. And it's like she never seemed to understand that there was risk involved here, and not just the way there's risk in every survivor. There's significant risk. You're going after somebody who possesses an item that would cancel out votes. And she never once played like there was, you know, that she should negotiate that risk, or that she herself would assume that risk. So... You know what it felt like to me? It felt like that, um, that, what are you going to do? Stab me? Quote to the person that just stabbed you. You know, that, that's what it felt like. It was like, oh, he's, he's got the idol. Yeah. What is he going to do? Take me out? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's exactly what he's going to do. Okay. Great. Cause that's exactly what happened. And like the whole time she's proposing this, like, you know, right away she proposes it. I'm like, really? Like, first vote, six people? You're going to go after the one person who's immune? Also, a person who is probably going to be kind of necessary for your tribe to continue. But, you know, I mean, he just passed out. And, like, I understand why she personally would like to remove him from the game. What she never really was able to do was convince other people that that was a good idea for them. Like, her whole thing is we got to get after, like, when she, you know, she's presenting this plan to uh, her very invested alliance mates. But why they have to take him out? It's like, I don't trust him. It's like, you, you don't trust the guy who just told everyone that he found a key and opened it in front of everyone? Like, I got to say, if I'm picking people who I'm worried about being duplicitous, he's already demonstrated maybe a lack of ability in that area. And again, the proof is in the pudding. Two of the people decided I'm so 
insecure in this plan going well for me that I would rather not vote and use this one opportunity that they gave us for immunity. The third person, she kept counting as a number, even though that person had told the tribe that they don't have a vote. So when she's telling, like, when she's you know, amassing the troops for this move against, again, I, I will say it several times. The person who has an idol, uh, she kept counting Lauren. And, like, Lauren is a person, but she's not a vote. You don't get to count it. We have all these votes. No, that's one vote you don't have. And now she's in exits. Maddie has said that she, uh, Lauren told her the truth of the advantage, that she did have a vote, but that she didn't want to use it. Because she wanted to con- no, not let people know that she lied. She wanted to get the extra vote. And, and Maddie, in exit interviews, has said that she signed off on that plan. So whether she knows or not, uh, whether this is a face-saving attempt in exit interviews, I got to say, most of her exit interviews have actually only lessened my opinion of her. Um, the result is the same. This is somebody in your alliance who's not going to be voting. So they're not a person. You got When you're counting up votes, you need to count up votes, not people. So that's one down. Then... You're doing this. The whole plan requires a, a massive level of secrecy because, again, I should note that your target has an idol. Jamie's like, so what happens if I play my shot in the dark? I can't vote, right? That's a red flag. That's a red yep. flag that maybe yep. should cause you to reassess your plan. And, you know, I I don't know if you saw last season, Andy, but in the very first episode, there was someone who also thought, hey, what if I play my shot in the dark? And then someone said, I want to align with you, buddy. And we said, what a terrible fucking idea. And you know what? It happened again this time. Yeah, no. And it's like, even if that you have this massive plan, and again, I can understand her specific reasons for wanting to get out branching. Stemming to the fact that, like, yeah, he, she's like, hey, let's uh, conspire on this. And he's like, no, pay everyone. Like, again, I get it from her perspective. But it makes no sense for other people's perspective. And even, you know, we know she did. She failed completely in the task of trying to vote him out because Jamie felt so insecure. And we'll talk about the possible reasons why that she doesn't vote. Matthew feels it's so insecure that he doesn't vote. Also, why are you telling Matthew in the first place? I get that we don't not ever you know, they're not purview to the discussion where Matthew and Brandon formed an alliance. But this is like second day. If I'm kind of just taking the lay of the land and like assessing the potential risks of the person who has an idol realizing that the vote is going against them, maybe not the person who just spent like three out grueling hours bonding with them. Maybe I would have been like, hey, we, I think we need to keep Matthew out of the plan. And if you can't keep Matthew out of the plan because Lauren has already told you she's not going to vote, Jamie has intimated that she might not vote, then it's a bad plan. It's time to switch the plan. It's a bad, 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 bad plan. Also, I don't know if you know this, Andy, but to vote somebody out, you don't need five people in a tribe of six. It's, I mean, I, if you want, I can diagram it for you, but actually she could have gotten away with fewer people on her side. I mean, I'll say she tried. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I don't think it was the initial plan, but she actually did have fewer people on her side once we got to the vote. And I saw people praising her or at least, you know, absolving her of any of, you know, the problems because there was so much other weird stuff going on. She got one, one other person to vote for Brandon. That's the total. So again, like I'm saying, in terms of first boots, 
this was a spectacular failure that I don't know why people aren't focusing on it. It was it required a level of arrogance that was kind of befuddling. It's just like the plan will work because it's my plan. And it never really went to step two. What did she think Brandon was doing with his vote? Because there's nothing in the plan that accounts for it whatsoever. I say this again because two people voted for Brandon, one person voted for her, and three people voted for no one. I don't know. What do, who do you think was the, the the made the biggest mistake of the episode? Um, I went with Matthew. Explain. Um, you pick one. Just yeah, all the <laughs> let's get into it. Man. <laughs> there were many options. Yeah, maybe <laughs> volume. Maybe he wins on yeah. volume. He's like a he's like a volume shooter. He's just throwing them up there, and you just you pick one. One of those things that he did made him the biggest mistake of the episode. I think it's just really his entire performance, like his whole discography. <laughs> In this particular episode, he celebrated all. Yeah, I mean, he he really just he he found new heights. <laughs> not the heights, not quite the light heights nope. he was trying to reach, though. Just not folks. quite. Yeah, um, really, just there was there was a lot of failures here. There was just there was so much going on. Um, but for me, and again, this gets into speculation. So let's sure. get into it. Um, I feel like a lot of the other failures on that tribe stems from Maddie's, you know, terrible plan to go after the guy with the idol. You know, it's just like she's just like, no, we're good. We're good. Like, I can see a world in which and I don't again, I have no idea why Jamie did what she did. But when Jamie's like, OK, but what happens if Brandon plays his idol? And Maddie's only answer is, but he won't. And she's like, it might be me. like she realizes what Maddie apparently doesn't. That brand, if Brandon plays an idol, one of them is going home, and thus she wanted to protect herself because you know there was no other split voting happening at all. I almost think that Jamie went into this competition thinking that no matter what first vote, I'm playing that shot in the dark uh, because her type is typically targeted in this moment. That's what I felt while watching it, but it's also not hard to imagine. It's like there was no plan B for what happens if Brandon does the thing that is not unlikely for him to do. Frankly, it's what I thought he should do as soon as he like publicly discovered an idol in front of his entire tribe. I would have been like, just play that sucker first thing. Yeah, don't don't bother hanging on to it. Uh, a public idol isn't that useful. Uh, it you know in modern Survivor, it just means that everybody's going to try and steal it from you. So, again, maybe that's why Jamie does what she does. Maybe that's why Matthew does what he does, because he's assuming that they can't just be going all on for Brandon, right? There's got to be a vote split going here. And if there is one, that's going to be me, right? Like, that would be the smart thing to do. So, fortunately for Matthew, he's assuming a level of intelligence that Maddie did not have. So, interesting reads, because with Jamie, I guess I could maybe see it being your read but for me like just the deer in the headlights expressions that she made made me made me think that it was not so much about a calculated oh wow there is some risk here so much as like she's just not about this life like i'm not ruling that out i should add yeah it just i i think the one thing that i thought it i agreed with that you said was that she might have just always been destined to play that shot in the dark because i think she's just she looked terrified honestly that was that's how i describe her demeanor in that scene where she's being talked to like ah why are you talking to me just horrified like what is happening right now 
and someone's talking to me, ergo, I must be in danger. I will protect myself in the only way that I know how by playing a shot in the dark. And it was just, yeah, it's, as I said with Gay Boy last year, just get rid of her now. Like, it, why would you want to align with this person? But that should have been at, at that point when you had that conversation, be like, well, you know what? Actually, maybe we take out Jamie here. It wouldn't be such a bad thing. Um, yeah, and I'm Matthew on board thing, for that though, for sure. The Matthew thing, I, I agree with. I, I think there was, it was maybe not the worst decision for him to go with the shot in the dark. It, A, it abstains him from the vote. So you can be like, oh man, you know, Brandon, I was with you the whole time, of course. But, um, you know, I was, I was worried they might come for me because I'm injured and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like there's at least some cover there and he can go back and work with Brandon and it could be fine. And he at least has no proof that he would have voted against Brandon. So, yeah, I can see that. That's where I was kind of getting with the abstaining from voting is I I don't like in the moment again, I kind of felt like maybe that's what Matthew was doing. Again, I'm not saying positive or negative, uh, whether that was smart or not, but just like he knew the whole tribe was coming after Brandon anyway. So it was a situation that couldn't be rescued other than one way. And I'll get to that in a second. So it's just like, well, I'm not casting a vote. I'm abstaining from the vote, which again goes into this like. She had a plan that involved five voters and wound up with two. That is fucking spectacular failure. And it's not being talked about enough. Maybe because people are having a tough time adjusting to even how that happened, right? Um, now, in exit interviews, Maddie's also said that Matthew told Brandon that, you know, that's where the target was going. Um, again, I don't really know how to evaluate that. It doesn't make her look better. It just shows, like, watch why you shouldn't have told him. And in fact, in the exit interview, she's also saying that her secondary reason for going after Brandon, besides the way he kind of blew her off and that, you know, find, is that he was the other person Lauren told about her advantage. And that, you know, Lauren, he was, she was competing with Brandon to be Lauren's number one. And why the hell are you making her choose? This is like, do you not understand how fraught this entire situation was? And it didn't need to be. So let me break it down. You're going after somebody who you already assume has close ties to half of your tribe. Well, I guess, you know, that'd be counting himself. So a third third of your tribe. Yeah. Who has an idol that everyone knows about? And you're like, yep. I'm doing it because I got to be out here and I got to make big moves. And it's like, you don't, maybe you just don't, maybe you just take the layup on this one. <laughs> and, you know, and then she's also saying, well, like I'm trying to protect women. That could be true. It also reeks of bullshit of somebody who got voted out first and thus and needs, I'm just too good for this level, that level of deliciousness. I'm here for the sisterhood and they wouldn't let me protect them. Um, okay. Yeah, if that's true, then vote out Matthew. You know, like again, you don't have to take the hardest path on your very first vote. And that's, again, why I go back to, like, you know, it's wild and crazy that Jamie and Matthew played their idol or their shot in the dark. But when your very first vote is that unstable, you might be forcing people to do some wild and crazy things. At the very least, the definitive thing I can say is that Maddie did not do a good job in making either of those people feel secure enough that they did not play their shot in the dark. That's a bold statement, my friend. And that's kind of where I'm getting back to. I have proof <laughs> that she failed in these reasons. The other people, we kind of have to guess. I have generous reads. I also agree with your less generous reads. Either are likely. I'm not sure. 
But hers, I know. You, you didn't get people to vote in the vote that you wanted. You didn't prevent the idol holder from not playing his idol. You didn't prevent the idol holder from not voting for you. So, case closed. I rest my case. Do you remember once upon a time, we used to say, on this very podcast, in fact, don't play a post-merge game pre-merge. This was the very first vote. And she was just really gunning for it. And just in, uh, clearly very spectacularly terrible ways, but she was just going for it. And as you said, the the option was there to simply go along with whatever other plan was presented. You could have just coasted. You could have been fine. And instead, you went so hard and brought the axe right back towards your own neck. Like, why? What, what, What was the point of this? I think there's this urge to like be the big move person and and have this resume it's the first fucking vote i can't remember what i i didn't remember what i did yesterday do you think i'm gonna remember two and a half weeks from now what you did on day two no i don't fucking care like talk to me about your post-merge resume that's all i give a shit about this is a razor's edge move that has so many moving parts and had so many off-ramps and red flags as she's trying to do it, yet she was 100% committed to it and had no backup plan should it fail. That is spectacularly bad. And I, I just, I need people to recognize that this was one of the worst first boots of all time. Because most first boots are just kind of like, oh, crap, people yeah. didn't like me enough. Or, that makes sense. oh, crap, I meet. You know, a simple uh, a demographic pattern is often what it is, and then of course, in the um, or you got injured at the wrong time, right? She really had to work at this, and God bless her, she did. She did. She really she went out there and put in the work, as I said, because again, could have just been lazy, could have just skated by, but no. I don't even she mind the there. attempt. You put some feelers out there. You don't go all the way. It's like, hey, what do you think about getting rid of him? Oh, well, maybe we could, but, uh, you know, what are we going to do about this idol thing? Oh, don't worry about it. That was it. Her whole counter of move for what do we do about this idol is it'll be fine. But what if it isn't, though? Uh, There Uh, is no step two. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to assume that her thought, if there isn't, though, if he does play, that's someone else's problem. I think she was probably assuming that he was going to vote for somebody else. Absolutely. Um. But you can't publicly say that. So instead, she just says, oh, no, he won't. Which just gets sure. to it. Like, again, if you're Jamie or Matthew, you'd be like, okay, but who's 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 the decoy here? Who's the decoy vote? Yep. What? We have no evidence that she provided one. All I do for sure have evidence is that three of the people that were in on this plan decided, you know what? I'm good. I'm just not going to vote. That's amazing. You know what we also have evidence of is the fact that Lauren lied about her advantage. She was out on that island, whatever they're calling the island this this time. Anyway, she comes back. She's got her advantage, having lied to her tribe. She is telling them that she's going to lose her vote. And then conveniently at tribal council can, quote unquote, lose her vote. Did you agree with her lying there? Yes, 100%. And in fact... I appreciate Lauren seemingly being self-interested in a way that we haven't seen enough in this game of recent 
days. I'm pretty sure she was also the one when they were like walking by the birdcage. Like, we're really not going to talk about this. This is the thing like, yes, it's about you. Now, I mean, there are risks. It's fraught because somebody else is going to go there next week. But you don't know like if they're going to draw and it's going to be the same advantages. I assume that we're going to get a variety of, you know, difficult to explain advantages. No, no. Lying is great. Um, you know, I. I think she got busted a bit in the lie, but here's the thing that we weren't seeing in that. It looked like she was going to be the target because Matthew heard from Claire about what was going on. But if you believe Maddie's exit interviews, Brandon was already aligned, already knew about it was aligned with him, which is another reason why he probably voted for Maddie instead of Lauren, like he said he was going to. So it probably wasn't that fraught. You lie, you tell a few select people you're good. And then like, yeah, as you say, three days later, people are like, Oh, they lied. I yeah. will lie too. That's what we do. Like, I don't know if people are going to take deep offense. About also, it. I'll say this, like not only was it a good lie because again, she can quote unquote, lose her vote at tribal council and just pocket that thing and be like, see, I didn't vote. Like this is going to work out really well. It would have worked out just fine if there wasn't a snitch on the other tribe. And generally they wouldn't have had sit outs already. So there wouldn't have been that opportunity for the snitch. So like, Really, this could have lasted for, as you said, days until someone went out to that island. And even then, you could be like, oh, you know, I did lose my vote. I just, I didn't bring the little paper back. Like, I didn't even think about that as a thing. So. I figured you guys would trust me. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, you saw I didn't vote last tribal. So, yeah, I lost my vote. I don't, I don't get what the, what's the accusations here? You know, just put it back on them. Why, why are you coming after me? Yeah. Frankly, the, the uh, reward itself is built into the lying in order to get it. You need to tell people you lost your vote. Yeah. So unless you, again, and you have, maybe you have a close ally because you don't have to do it. The first vote, right? You no. can choose to, you know, keep that extra vote for another time. So that's yes. If suddenly it looked like this, uh, you know, vote required her participation in it, then she could go for it. Um, but it clearly didn't. It barely required anybody's participation. And to be fair, I mean, they would have won a two to one vote if it wasn't for that pesky idol that they knew 100% he had. Yes, that everyone publicly witnessed him getting that one. That's that, that's you're the referring one. to. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm we're 100% agreement. Uh, so of, of the dumb plays, that was not one. Nope. However, um, how about Brandon telling everybody about the, you know, hey, I got this key. Let's go look at it for, for ourselves. Is that a good idea? Was that bad? I I mean, I think it's likely Maddie would have outed him in some way and not even outed yes. him, but she would at least have stirred some suspicion because she even wasn't totally confident, but she was like, hmm, I'm suspicious here. And that alone, just going back to your tribe and be like, I don't know, man, like I thought I saw him put something in his pocket and that would have probably been enough, right? Just mm-hmm. not that it necessarily even gets him voted out, but people would have been suspicious. So at that point, like, uh, screw it. Now you can instead look like, oh, guys, I'm, look how honest I am. And then really, if you wanted to, he could have been like, you know, Maddie was saying that I should have just like kept this just between me and her. That was, that was nuts. But of course, I'm team you guys. So... Yeah, that was the next move that he needed to do. And you could yes. do it publicly. You just kind of do it one-to-one. It's like, oh, man, I got this vibe. Like, I had to. you know, Or not like, yeah, I was always going to, but she did not want me to. Um, 
Yeah, I gotta say, uh, not trusting Maddie, I think, was probably the right move. Based on everything else she tries to do, I think he had the right read in that scenario. She was clearly somebody who was itching to do stuff. Yeah. Um, Also, you know, now that he's played it, as you said, like, he should play right away. And he did. And not only that, but he played it successfully. Like, well, that's a bonus. Um He'll have that like slight advantage of knowing what to look for if that aisle reappears. It's not entirely clear that it is, that it will, but I kind of feel like it will. I mean, look for a birdcage in the middle of the <laughs> camp. Is that what you? No, no, no. For? I'm saying <laughs> to look for the key, motherfucker. I'm assuming they put a different lock on there. You can't just keep going back with the same key. That would be amazing, though. <laughs> well, good thing I held on to this key. I'm just gonna go grab the next idol. Yeah, how about them fake fake idols though? Um. Yeah, I mean, I suspect that they put another one. I don't know that they put it back in the birdcage. I feel like that served its purpose. On this no, you just hide another key this time. Excellent. See, it's uh, what I'm saying. you just keep changing the lock. That's all you do. I mean, I guess I don't see why not. Right. Everybody knows he found it, and everybody knows he played it. Like any idle play, people will know about it. That's kind of how it goes down. So, yep. I guess why you don't do it is because now everybody knows what's in it. So maybe if you like relock it. It's not an idol this time, which would be kind of funny. Maybe that's what I want. <laughs> that would be good. Like everybody's like, oh, now like frantically searching for that the key. key, and like in the middle of the night, you know, unlocking, and it's like, ah, congratulations, you got you know tokens or whatever. <laughs> like, right, what you f-? lost your vote. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> what it is. Or at the very least, now it's a beware advantage. You know, right. Um. All right. So, um. Quick thoughts on the birdcage idol, by the way. Did did you enjoy that as a, a new thing? Just dropping that idol publicly along the walking path? Uh, you know, it has some promise of other things. Like, do I like it? I don't know. Some It reeks of doing too much. But not everybody's going to play it the same way. One thing that, you know, is a guiding path. And maybe this is not particularly useful because of what a major outlier it is. But imagine if Tony found it, you know? Mm. Like, and again, that's probably not a useful rubric because, like, he can, that guy can turn almost anything into an entertaining premise, right? Yes. But, like, he's sneaking out in the middle of the night. And then, like, they have it built in, like, that, you know, when you discover it in front of everybody, completely useless fake idol. But yeah, you get it. And then you stuff that fake one back in there. And then you clock the birdcage up again. Uh, that's what it's designed to be. Right. I'm interested to see if that plays out in the other spaces. Um, so I'll, I'll withhold judgment because it's like that's the promise of it. That's the idea that it allows for some kind of subterfuge and like, you know, creating this sense of mistrust around camp. But I can also see it playing out two more times similarly like it did in Ratu. Because it seems like me like a lot of times now people just don't keep things secretive because everybody – feels like everybody knows stuff anyway and also everybody wants people to know just how damn clever they are what about yourself yeah i mean i i think it does add potentially interesting elements like could you at this point find the key and then not would you basically hide the key for yourself and not open it until you're like eh, maybe i might need it now or is that too risky like it is does then make everybody get suspicious? I don't know. Like, there's at least yeah. some new elements to this where it makes you think, like, oh, okay, well, this is slightly different. But I do agree, like, there there could be cases where 
it could go terribly wrong and just be very boring. But at the very least, like most innovations to this game, I'm like, okay, well, we'll see how this one plays out. I think there's potential for it to go well, such as some of the scenarios you mentioned where you punk somebody by putting the fake idol back in there and locking it right back up and letting them find the key. Like, sure, that'd be fun. Yeah. And then it should be noted that, like, the, the traditional delivery of idols had gotten fairly stale. And also many people would argue, I'm not one of them, but people would argue um, was leading to an imbalance of, you know, finding it from a gender perspective. Um, I never really found it compelling that men were better at finding things on the ground than women were. But, you know, the, the stats were there, certainly, that men were finding them more often. Um, so changing those things the way they've done, whether it's, you know, going to this island or this birdcage, at least changes that up. Again, I don't know that – again, if you're if you're somebody who believes that men had some kind of inherent advantage to finding idols – and I, I should add, once they stopped hiding them like up in trees or something where that probably provided some advantage to people with height, um, which you cannot teach. Mm. Uh, but I don't know how like the key is any different from that respect, you know? Um, um, so speaking <laughs> of um, differences in the genders here um, – I felt like I noticed a very gender-specific thing in here. And, and call me crazy here. Matthew going out and climbing on the rock. <laughs> Just, I feel like 90% of the time, that's a guy that does that. Because, you know, Matt, Matthew, sorry, not Matt, saw a very stupid thing, did that very stupid thing. And really, Andy, whom amongst us has not? <laughs> because, like... I mean, honestly, I have done many a stupid thing knowing it was stupid in my life. This podcast, for instance, 17 seasons strong, um, just not that particular stupid thing. However, I'm not going to entirely hold it against him because, again, I can't throw stones or rocks in this case. Like It was a spectacularly dumb idea. But again, been there, bro. Yeah, I mean, you're just hoping the ladies come by and break this particular gender stereotype of we can do stupid shit for no yeah, reason. Yeah, watch too. me. I'll be dumber. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it always is a dude, right? It was, uh, yep. you know, uh, the guy with the tattoo on his ass last year. Uh, yeah, Tony with the ladder. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. There was no reason. No nope. reason. I think my wife was looking down when he first started. Um, and then she looked up and was like, but why is he climbing? It's like, to do it. Yeah. yeah. Why uh, did Sir Edmund Hillary? Why, why did because it was there. Uh, the Sir Edmund Hillary of that 12 foot rock. He was he's about to be the first to ever scale that bad boy. Right. Instead, he was one of the thousands of bodies just littering Mount Everest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Here's a tip, fellas. You're competing for a million dollars. The game is hard enough. You don't need to go out and hurt yourself. And if you are doing things that could hurt yourself, at least let it be for food or supplies. I don't think there was going to be a lot of food up on that barren rock. Yeah. I just really, I, I wonder. I, but this is, again, why I said, you know, just Matthew, biggest mistake of this episode. Because, again, there was options. Yes. Not only that, but, like, the sweater savvy thing. Matthew's like, well, you know, I'm... 
I'm old, so I got to show these kids that, you know, I'm, I'm strong. I, I shouldn't be like voted out because I'm old and weak. And, you know, here's the thing. I am also an old now. I don't have to prove shit to the youth. As the great Michael Jordan once said, fuck them kids. I don't care. Matthew should not have fucking cared what the kids thought. Just calm the fuck down. Be yourself and don't maybe go climb a rock like an idiot. And and don't think that like, I'll show these kids. I'll haul a bunch of coconuts back and forth across the sand for hours and exhaust myself. No. What was the point? Here's the thing. You're not impressing the kids either way. No. They they don't care. You're just old, and they're always going to view you as old, and you need to accept that. It's exactly. fine. Especially, you know, the current generation of Survivor kid fans. They don't give a shit about any of the elements that people used to care about. They don't care who's winning challenges. They don't care that other people are doing their chores all the time. I actually like to make this a new generation thing, but this was actually a problem all the way back in Africa. Kids just don't give a shit because kids suck. And I can say this and I know this because I was one. Yes. And now I'm old and I just suck in a different way. So. <laughs> oh, um. How about that sweater-savvy decision? What, what, what do you think the call should have been there? I mean, I guess if you're basically saying, like, look, this tribe just seems like a bunch of idiots, maybe our best bet is just, like, we the only thing we have to offer is muscle. Like, maybe that's what you're thinking is. <laughs> there might be something to that that I, I hadn't mean, thought of, yeah. I, I saw how this vote played <laughs> out, so I can I can see, like, why that maybe was your thinking. Um, but, wow, it, and if that was great snap judgment i mean really just stellar evaluation of the rest of your tribe it's like Um, like 15 minutes or 50 it doesn't matter these morons aren't gonna get it i can speak (laughs) from myself in that group yeah exactly like i'm gonna lump myself into this crew i wouldn't even let myself attempt that puzzle and i don't even know that i'm the dumbest one here so yeah i mean i think the flip side is if you fail you haven't lost anything that you put into it you lost the opportunity cost of your supplies for three days but you didn't lose like three hours of the you know your life you're not getting back and the physical exhaustion that you're not getting back you lose that at the beginning of survivor it's gone for like the the, the entire game right so it might not be worth it is kind of the thing i mean here's the thing we'll say you know every time they've had this sweat and savvy decision um, that's up to other people because I ain't sweating. So it's like, if somebody else wants to step up and do it, congratulations, that's on you. I will never choose the sweat one. Now, I also wouldn't really be all that excited about being in Savvy, but if I fail, oh, shucks. You know, I didn't expend three hours of, of you know, work to do it. And especially because, like, Tika was never, ever going to be able to do that sweat challenge. Nope. I think in some ways we dodged a bullet, though, because imagine if they're like, yeah, okay, Bruce, you got to do this. He might <laughs> oh, have no. died. Oh, no. Yeah, um, so. Yeah, let's quickly discuss the Bruce situation, because yeah. how did you feel like the show did with that? Because, the, you know, start of the episode, first of all, they did the, like, slow-mo, dramatic music of Bruce just going Gushing. ham, head first, just full speed right into that thing, blood gushing and just 
And to the point that my wife was like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? And so then, yeah, at, from that point on, or actually including that point, how do you think the show handled the Bruce situation? I know the take is supposed to be that, like, boo on you, Survivor, or what a reckless behavior. I don't know. I was fine with it, to tell you the truth. Like, these things often aren't assessed instantly. They did stop the challenge, you know? I understand in the moment they didn't recognize how hard he bumped his head because I think the cameramen don't talk in that way because clearly somebody captured it. Uh, yeah, man, head, heads get bonked a lot in this game, which is a different discussion, and maybe this will lead to some changes. But I don't know that they should have just assumed that, like, oh, this guy's done. And, I, you know, the counter argument to that is he was bleeding a lot. Hey, man, they let, you know, High continue the challenge, and that guy was covered in blood. Um, <laughs> he was just oozing blood. Uh, look, the head is incredibly vascular. Like, while it was happening, it's like, oh, it's a lot of blood. But I wasn't like, oh, my God, he's going to die. It's like, yeah, this is what wrestlers do. Like, they, they put a little nick in that part of their forehead, yep. and then suddenly they have a full face covered in blood. It's That's just, there's a, that's what happens when you get cut up there. So I wasn't instantly like, this guy's going to be messed up. On the flip side, though, like, you know, when somebody smashes their head pretty tight, there's a brain in there that can get bruised. I. My son recently had a concussion, like, about a month ago. Uh, we we did pull him out of the game. <laughs> but, like, they stopped the challenge. They checked on him. And then they, they're still checking on him when he's in camp. So it's like, I don't know. I can't really crucify. I thought they handled it okay. And I think next time they'll probably handle it better. And I know they're like, oh, the NFL has better concussion protocols than Survivor. Yeah, you know what else the NFL has? A lot more concussions than Survivor. <laughs> I doubt they had very good concussion protocols for the first thousand concussions that happened in the nfl for all we know this is the first in, in survivor history i imagine it probably isn't but it's the first reported one uh i feel like that that chet and uh animal whatever his name was challenge there had to have been a oh i think there's probably a lot of times when it probably <laughs> happened but they never once like checked on it they ne there's never been one diagnosed before no. so yeah they they I, they stop things. They stop challenges twice. You know, I feel like they're actually kind of improving here. Yeah. This, I, the goal isn't that people aren't going to get hurt. That happens in physical things. Again, both of my kids broke their arm playing basketball and neither of them play on a high level. You know, I, I kept them out of hockey for a reason. And then look <laughs> what happened. Like, yeah, sometimes people are going to get hurt. I thought the show did okay. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, pro sports especially have taught us a lot about how serious concussions can be. But we also, we don't know what kind of follow-up care they were providing. You know, we only saw what we saw, right? Um, and then, as you said, they stopped the challenge. Um, clearly, medical came right back out when he was not doing well later on. Um, and, yeah, there were, you know, people around him with cameras and his tribe mates and the producers – there's tons of people around at any time. So it's not like he was left unattended. Um, so yeah, is as far as how well they handle it and could they handle, sure they could handle it better. But again, you have to consider the resources that they have. And I think given those constraints, they did fine at the very least. Um, and then yeah, ultimately took him out, which probably needed to be done. So it, I don't know that pro sports leagues are even still doing that, you know, right? There's there's still concussions happening and they might have protocols and everything, but there's guys that get pretty badly wrecked by what seems to be a concussion and then like they're back next week. Uh really is that protocol in place because 
I feel like that person shouldn't be out on the field right now. Yeah, especially in playoffs. Yeah, and I think because most people's experience uh, with the concussion discussion is pro sports, that might also tilt what their expectation for you know monitoring and treatment is. Not everybody gets to go rush out and have a CT scan because right. of this, you know. When my son hit his head really hard in the game, we pulled him. It was near the end of the game. I kept monitoring him, checking, asking questions. He was answering everything. You know, he refused to let me carry his bag. But then he started getting woozy, and we took him to the hospital. And their assessment was to ask what happened and, like, you know, flash a light in his eyes and stuff. Like, yeah, that's probably concussion. Week off of no, no activity, no video games. Like, you, when somebody's suspected for a concussion, you monitor their symptoms. As they worsen, you change, you know, the treatment. So, yeah, he recovered. He was doing fine. So I get, they didn't have to put him in a dark room like, you know, pro sports might do. Really, pro sports are doing that to see, okay, are you okay? Okay, okay, let's get back, you back out there. They kept watching him when it was a problem. They took him out of the game. Apparently, they're going to invite him back. Like, yeah, it's unfortunate that it happened, but I don't know that it was a result of any recklessness. I don't even know that the challenge itself was all that reckless. Like, there are worse challenges yes, that for can sure. lead to greater head damage and other that that I think the show should reassess. Like, maybe this will be a wake-up call. But I think it was fine. Somebody got hurt. He got treated. He left. Later... Somebody else passed out from, you know, heat stroke. They learned that lesson, you know? <laughs> so like, Yeah. They're on top of that one now they're, with almost having someone die. I honestly think like, it, like Bruce wouldn't have liked it if they pulled him in the instant that he like, that it would happen in the challenge. Like we got to pull you just in case. And maybe that'll be the future protocol. That's going to lead to a lot more medevacs. Yeah. When somebody is suspected of having a concussion, you watch them. Yep. They did. So speaking of changes to Survivor, um, we got a slightly different Advantage Island set up this time. You know, this time, instead of the players spinning a wheel or making a decision or something like that, the decision is kind of made for them, at least part of the decision. So what did you think about that? Did you do you enjoy that the decision is made for them, or at least one decision is made for them? Or do you like the the way it had been going the past few seasons? I think that they had to go to this, that like you're doing it one way or another, and then you'll get another decision after. It just shows that like this is run its course because ultimately most people make the decision to go forward. So I can almost understand skipping that step. Like there really hasn't been many people that don't like last season. I think Carlo is the only one who abstained. Everybody else is like, of course I'm doing it. And then even this season, everybody went for the second shot. You know, I mean, two, two for two. But I think like Survivor has so thoroughly ingrained it in their, you know, contestants' heads that it's like, you gotta go for it. You gotta do these things. This could be the difference between winning and losing that they do anyway, which sucks any of the drama that was kind of existed, even if it was largely a false choice. Most people were going for it, which just shows it's like, it might be time to skip this segment, you know? Like, we didn't even get like personal stuff on the walk there. And I admire the show for like, if there wasn't unique. Uh, you know, story-driven content and not force it like they were. But it's just like, yeah, man, at this point, if it's just like you're going to keep reaching to a bag and seeing what happens, just hide them again. Like, we don't need this you know, whole hullabaloo. Right. Um, yeah, I think I'm mostly neutral on it. <laughs> I think the only thought that I had was that maybe this was done to prevent more passivity, that, like, 
last season had, although it, it they didn't have this specific form of passivity anyway. So this was not the thing where you need to yeah. force action, right? Like this was people were always kind of incentivized to try stuff in this particular context. So, yeah, people were going after the stuff. They just never played it once they got right, it. Right, exactly. So I don't know that this is necessarily solving any problem that might have existed on last season, which was many problems that existed yeah. on last season. Um, and the other problem is, like, everybody knows what's up. Yep. If you go into the secondary location, there's goodies at the end of that trail. Yep. Um, so everybody who leaves knows that that's what's in store for them. Everybody who watches somebody leaves knows that that's what's in the store. So it's just like, yeah, I, I, I think, but the fact that like we've gotten to a place where it's like, you're doing it anyway, the show is just like, you just stop sending people to an extra island. If you want these advantages in the game, just go back to hiding them around camp or whatever. Right. Um, I think the appeal to the show of having them on the other island is that you get some intertribe interaction yeah. and then also potentially it helps to balance, you know, who's going out and getting those advantages. Yeah. Um, so I can see it from that perspective. Uh, however, no, and I think those were the big advantages to start like that. There was a distribution, you know, at least a pattern that this goes against or at least can potentially go against. But it's like, I, I just feel like it might've run its course for a bit here. Yep. Um, but when we were on that Island, we did get a new advantage, which we hadn't seen in this game before the inheritance advantage, wherein somebody can play this advantage at the, uh, tribal council in the voting booth, I guess. And yes. you can inherit any advantages or idols that get played in that tribal council. What do you think of this one? I think it's a lot to do about nothing. I think the most likely outcome every time will be nothing. Nothing happens. People probably don't know when to play it, so they won't. Like, it sounds it's something that sounds like it could be really powerful because everybody has in their heads, like, what if you played it at, like, the Suri advantage get in hell on, which you know, should be noted that would be too late. This yep. is, uh, has a final seven exp- expiration date, but something like that. But truthfully, it's like, man, it's hard enough. To know when you're supposed to play your idol. Now you're supposed to know when somebody else is supposed to play their idol. And that's what you're going to steal. And people like, yeah, we've seen it with, you know, people have been given the ability, the knowledge is power to steal other people's stuff. And that never works. So it's just like, I don't know. I, I feel like they're, they're getting a little too deep. And it's not even like a complicated, like too com- like these things are too complicated. I, I figured them out pretty quickly. Clearly, I'm on a couch and I'm well fed. <laughs> but it's just like any like rule change that requires like 15 addendums for it to work is probably just too much. You need to go back to some simplicity. And I think the worry is they've probably exhausted everything simple. So now they're doing this stuff. I don't know. What do right. you think? Yeah, I think the theory here is that to benefit from it, you'd you would convince other people to play their idols and then just rack them up for yourself. But again, that's in the ideal situation, you can maybe do that. And I'm, I'm with you in that, like the odds of that happening are so small, so incredibly small. And just this theory that you could, you know, somehow get multiple advantages from one tribal council and you picked the right one and you got all of them for yourself and no one else knows this. I mean, sure. But what are the odds? You know, like if you are that like one in 10,000 shot, well, congrats. You just like won the lottery. And what are you going to do? That's just pure luck. 
So I, I think you are correct in that most likely this is pretty useless. I mean, yeah. it, I do wonder though, like, you know, tribals last night, like last nights are pretty rare, but you know, in that situation, could you also have gotten the extra shots in the dark? <laughs> you mean like, Oh, well shit. I yeah. I'm too. curious. I th- like you should be, I, I, at the very least I'd be like, unless, you know, there's a secondary parchment with all the exceptions or whatever. I'd be like, right. That was where advantages. You might not have been planning to give those to me, but like, yeah, like, let's get all the lawyers <laughs> on the phone. Yep. I'm going to get my lawyer. Now, the show would just be like, okay, well, here's extra die. Like, you're not getting the the, the scroll that says safe. Um, and I'd be like, cool, fine. Yeah, exactly. I'll never vote again, you know? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and look, if you get this an advantage like this, the move is to act like you don't have an advantage at all. And if somehow a scenario creeps up, that it become useful, then then like think about it. But what's gonna happen is people. Uh, I believe it was Sarah who got it. Um, it could happen that like she just drives herself, you know, buggy trying to like m- optimize this advantage she got. And we've seen that sort of thing happen with people with like the knowledge is power. Uh, we didn't see <laughs> when Omer uh, did it with the with the idol block, but apparently that was happening. Just the show weirdly edited the entire existence of that out of the game. Um, when you get these like weird little ones, it's like best to act like you don't have anything Yep. instead of like, how am I going to make this work for me? It's like, just keep playing the game straight. That's the thing. Like, yeah, couldn't it, like, if I go back to the Tony thing, could Tony do something with this? Yeah, probably. Yep. But you know, he could also just do it with an idol, you know, like we, I don't know if we need this, you know, three steps removed, you know, all possible powerful, but probably not actually powerful thing. I bet it'll be a much ado about nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, the overwhelming odds, I think, are that if this even gets used, nothing comes of it. Yeah, I would bet the most likely scenario is somebody plays it at seven because you can't keep it and nothing happens at seven. Yep. So, I mean, if it even gets that far, like she could yeah. well be voted out before that. What would be awesome is if uh, somebody used their uh, you know, knowledge is power to steal this from Sarah. <laughs> Uh, but Sarah has already handed it to Jam Jam, and they'll say get nothing. Oh man, there's just layers on use like useless advantages going after other useless advantages. Yeah. What entertainment value? Yeah. Now somebody in comments, I think it might have been Assistant Dragon Slayer, did point out like one way that you could make this work for you fairly simply: if you yourself then get an idol, mm-hmm. play your idol. And then, you know, get it back. And now yep. you've effectively laundered your item. Yeah. Like that, that's a little something. Sure. Again, it's like a lot of extra stuff. But like we've seen in the past, like, you know, Jesse was able to get a laundered idol last season. Obviously, Marianne did. Like that's because idols have become such pop- popular or public knowledge. You know, getting rid of the one that everybody knows about and having another one, that could be something. Yep. Um, so going back to this cast. What was your opinion? Has anybody stood out for you thus far? Yeah, so earlier we touched, like, I I did like that Lauren seemed to be, like, trying to play Survivor for herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that, you know, I support that. That's the one thing, like, as, like, even the beginning, uh, you know, I said that this uh, episode didn't do some of the things that were bothering me last season about, you know, everybody's tragic Batman backstory or whatever. Uh, but it's still like a bunch of dorks that are so excited about being on the show. I mean, the title of the episode is like, I can't wait to meet Jeff and everybody's like, Woo! and all that's just like, I want to get back to people who are excited about themselves <laughs> and people are like, 
I need some Chris Nobles, unless you know. When everybody is the survivor dork, nobody is. Uh, so the one thing I would say to that though is that um, having seen some of these survivors on Twitter, that I uh, trust me, they are all still about themselves too. Oh no, they're all about themselves, but in re- like the about Survivor as well. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean they're. And they're all about themselves, like in social, in the way that everybody is now. Like it's a self promotion tool, right. which you know, I I support. Go get your you know cameos. The show will continue to make million dollars, off, millions of dollars off of your collective contributions. You don't get any of that. Get what you can. Uh, to answer the main question, though, uh, I'm already all in on Jam Jam. Jam Jam seems great. I want to see Jam Jam on my TV more. Yep. How about yourself? Um, I'm a fan of Jam Jam. Um. Also, Lauren, as mentioned earlier, like there's at least something there. I enjoyed Heidi, but I'm betting that like Heidi's going to end up being driven mad because people won't listen to her plan because it's like her plan is going to end up being better than someone else's plan. and It's going to drive her nuts that they don't take her seriously. And like, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. I feel like that's going <laughs> to end in an entertaining manner. Um, also, I feel like they're trying to give Carolyn that weirdo rep as though Jamie didn't just go out there and snatch the crown. Like, I mean they led off the season with a cold open of Carolyn, just like producers talking to her and trying to explain how a confessional works to show like, Oh wow, we got this wild weirdo named Carolyn. And then, you know, gameplay wise though, Jamie's just out here like, no, 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 you want to watch weirdo watch me. Um, so I don't know that I'm necessarily enjoying either of those. And at least if I am enjoying them, I don't know that I'm going to enjoy them long term. Um, I need to see them be terrible at Survivor in entertaining ways, not just be a crazy goofball. Um, also, just a random aside, I was fairly convinced that Franny was actually Kellen from Ghost Island. Like I'd forgotten, <laughs> like they'd forgotten during casting that she'd been on the show before to the point that I like, I put their pictures side by side. And I'm like, am I? Am I wrong? Is this not the same person? Like, just the vibes were so strong. But apparently, no, that they are separate individuals. This is not Kellen posing under a pseudonym. This is a new yeah, person. This isn't corporate wanting you to tell the difference between the two people. Yeah, exactly. No, apparently, Franny, real separate person from Kellen. Who knew? But most importantly, Andy, I have a special surprise for you. What's that? You know that in recent years, Survivor has begun casting your fellow Canadians. In fact, some of them have of late done quite well on this show. So All we do is win. That's right. So, my game for you, my friend. Guess the secret Canadian. I know that you have not looked at these bios. And so, I want you to see if you can quickly identify your countrymen or women from this group. Actually... Is there more than one Canadian or is it just one? I believe there's just one. You don't know who it is, right? Well, I have bad news, my friend, because if if there is one, I accidentally got spoiled on it while looking ah. up something up today and I was devastated. That's, that's really unfortunate because I may have been spoiled as well. No, uh, I, this, this I whole know. game. We has stayed just been away the entire offseason. Which is not difficult. We stay away in offseason. We keep forgetting, like, the week of. Like, oh, Survivor's back this week. Really? So, all right. Um, but the day of, so, like, Wednesday, I clicked on the Survivor hashtag. I don't I don't even know why. <laughs> I don't know why. 
And there was an article by a Canadian publication that had a picture of a Cassio. Oh, no. I didn't read the headline. I only kind of glanced at it. And I'm like, oh, there's a oh, my client. Ah. So, and, and, and frankly, because I only glanced at it, it could be one of two dudes. And here's the other part of I was suddenly spoiled on. So my, we're watching. My wife's like, oh, you don't want to know who the Canadian is, right? I'm like, nope, nope, that's the game. And then she's like, all right, I won't tell you who he is. And I'm like, well, you just narrowed down the possibilities yep. by half. Yep, just cut it. And then she's like, oh, uh, maybe non-binary? It's like, okay. Well, the, okay. You didn't say nice that. Nice try. Um, yeah, it's like, you got to go with your gender neutral terms, which yeah, I ironic because she doesn't work, but not in this moment. Um, so with that said, I think it's Kane. Yeah. I think that's the, the picture I saw. Yeah. Kane is the one that I saw when I was, I was like, oh man, I hope there's a second one because I saw Kane and then it said something. I didn't even, I didn't even catch what province it just said. Kane. And I was like, ah, damn it. I've been spoiled. Yeah, and it's like, there's a pot, like, it was a dork with glasses, so it could have been Carson, you know? Because, <laughs> like, I imagine, like, you know, Canadians are also allowed to work for NASA. Because um, we, in Canada, we don't really send rockets out, but we do send astronauts up. Also, I don't think he's an astronaut. No. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, I think I think it was Kane oh, I saw. From yeah, that that's the one I saw, so. too. Man, you see, now I hope that there's a second one. So that we can try this again next time. Really secret Canadian. Yeah. And I know like there were some comments because people were looking forward to this. I know. It's, I'm as disappointed as the rest of you guys are. Uh, they're like, oh, no. They're like, there was this moment that was like so Canadian. Of course, Andy is going to uh, notice it. Those are the sort of things that are probably more noticeable to non-Canadians. Like if he said something a certain way or whatever. Because like I just hear it all the time. So it does, it, like the Canadian accent is not one that I can really hear. Now, there are regional Canadian accents that I can, but, like, I am not aware that I have one, whereas it is probably thick to the rest of you guys. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, <laughs> this feels to me like when the Oscars nominates a whole bunch of movies about which, like, I, who never watch movies, somehow found out about. And I, I'm just devastated. Like, why would you nominate yeah. the only movies that I've heard of? Like I've heard of maybe four movies and then four out of the nine nominees are the ones I heard of. This doesn't make sense. This is terrible. Why would you nominate yeah. a movie with the exact plot of the movie in the title? You're just ruining our, our game here. And speaking of yes. that, um, you can find a post just like that in the one piece of survivor off season content that like we were responsible for. And you can find that at our website, purplerockpodcast.com, where John, a uh, complete non-movie knower, tries to guess uh, the premise of the uh, elected, uh, the nominated movies by the title alone. And this year was actually quite disappointing because there were four just solid locks. It's like, <laughs> you could, you could, you can hear the disappointment in John's typed voice oh. as like the next one comes up. It's like, really, really avatar. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, yeah. it's just like Matt's out there apologizing to me. He's like, I'm so sorry, man. I just, I don't even know why <laughs> I was like, Oh, it's, it's really, it's, it's like it's top gun. You're like, really? Yeah. Top gun. I mean, come on. How would I not know what that is? You'd have to be stuck in a hole. Airplanes you know, go like, zoom. Yeah, of course. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the whole thing we were discussing before on is like, how much does he need to know? And I'm like, next to nothing. Right. He already knows. Yes. I was like, he needs to know what war all quiet on the Western front is. <laughs> and that's it. Um, 
Yeah, uh, and you can find other things on our website. Um, we've had coverage of an ongoing season of uh, Survivor Australia, which may or may not be an all star season. I don't know. I heard that it's it's very good. I will not be watching, but I I hear good no. things. Yeah, I imagine a lot of people are enjoying it. That's great. We have people who contribute to the site to talk about us. John and I are not those people. Um, no judgments. Um, what else can they do on the website? That the thing that's exciting that's going on right they now. They can, of course, join our Survivor Fantasy League, um, which I have to put up the post for. You can pick a team up until the start of the second episode airing. Um, so get your teams in. If you've already done so, you can change your team. I'll go through and delete your old one. Just make sure you give it the same name that you gave it the first time. Um, and should you be fortunate enough to finish near the top of the league, you could be in the Champions League next season, which is so exciting. Um, big prizes for that one, by the way. Not even going to tell you what they are. You'll have to go to the post yourself and find those out. And then there is one small adjustment that we've made to the end of our show this season. Andy, why don't you tell the people about it? Because I blame you for this one. <laughs> yeah, so usually uh, long-time listeners, besides the three uh, newcomers, uh, hopefully you weren't one of the tribe members that I've been uh, complaining about this whole time. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, we'll know that our traditional way of ending is, say, play the theme music, and then I play a clip of a pop music song that is some way relates to the episode in which we just watched. It's ha ha ha. It's very funny. Sometimes, uh, oftentimes it's just hacky. Like I pick their name and I pick the song with the name. Uh, none of that's going to happen anymore because yeah, you know, if you were ever wondering, wait, how do they do this? They don't have copyright clearance. Do they? The answer was no, no, not even a little bit. And you know, I was the whole time just like, nobody's saying anything. I guess we're just too small time. They don't care. Well, this offseason, somebody finally noticed. And uh, I'm probably exaggerating. Some robots finally noticed. Um, and thus, we will not be doing that anymore. Um, if you are listening to old episodes and you're wondering why there isn't a theme song for like 16 of them, this is why. <laughs> I'm sure I will be going through more in the future in Eliminating Past theme songs, but I'm waiting till those cease and desists show up. Uh, it was fun while it lasted. It was fun for me, obviously, but I think it was also sometimes a fun game for other people. But that's not the way it's going to be anymore. Alas, nothing gold can stay. Yeah, that was entirely on you. I stopped listening to music in like 2010. So that was always your baby. Um, and my apologies for the end of that little bit that we used to do. But I will still say, let's hit the theme song. This is the copyright-free outro to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast.